This machine kills fascists. on your rug, you pigs. That's how it'll taste. Alright, it's a big it's a big episode. It's like our penultimate of twenty twenty. That's true. Or our last one if we don't get our shit together. Yeah we'll see. There might there might be an, uh, an episode of Hot Little Hoops coming up this week. Because the NBA starts next week, which is fucking nuts. Starring my guy. Kyle Urban. Kyle Urban coming back with a lot of energy. He's really excited. Oh I meant the NBA was starring my guy. Oh do you, do you want to talk about James Larden? James Larden? Have you have you coined that on? Twitter no, I haven't. Yet? Done, I haven't seen anyone do it on Twitter. So maybe by the, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Maybe by do then. it when we're done. Get on it, man. <laughs> this could this this could get us followers. This could be how you move up in the world. <laughs> I finally become an NBA Twitter person. They're like, look at this catty little fucker. <laughs> give him. There's a lot. Of, there's just give a him of, a project. So what we're talking about is that James Harden showed up to the preseason game the other day after all of this. And you don't know this, but there's been a lot of, like, he wants to trade, blah, blah, blah. Right. All this behind-the-scenes stuff in Houston that's a big problem. And he didn't show up to training camp. There's video of him, like, at strip clubs with no mask. Yeah, like, not giving it's, a fuck. It's, it's Texas, you know? But he really and, looks and like... And they've got lots of wings at those strip clubs. Exactly. And that's what I wanted to say, is that no one is talking about how James Harden has been out there putting the Houston local restaurant scene on his back, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and just like getting him over this. Nice. <laughs> like he's doing it all by his goddamn self. ISO ball exists for a reason. James Harden's like one of five things I know about the NBA right now. What are the other four? Um, well, one of them is one of my honorable mentions for our top fives that we're gonna get to later, actually. That's a good that's a great segue, Mike. So we're gonna do our top five shows of the year. This isn't quite our full year-end review as we did last year because we're not going to include movies we'll do that yeah next time i'm glad we confirmed that because i was looking at movies so mike does have a top five list this year which you didn't last year for movies no you oh. didn't participate well you know what i didn't participate in a lot of things last year i was being a conscientious objector the to oscars participation? the oscars oh yeah let's talk one. about we can talk about that too so the shots to everybody who <laughs> voted on our uh, our Instagram poll unanimously. Fir- that's the first polling we've ever done. We really don't like feedback from our listeners. No, I'm loving it. We're gonna do. We'll do more polls. More. Uh, more. I don't really quite understand the like hotness reading thing that we did for the yeah, end doing. But, but check out our Instagram and get on our polls. Add hot little takes. Yeah. Hop on the poll. Have fun on that poll. The people voted unanimously for us to do a live Oscars stream yeah which is this the year first live thing we've ever done <laughs> but that isn't until april so I've, I'll... I've 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 kicked around with you the idea of filming ourselves reacting to watching things which is a way people make livings it's not a it's not honest work but you know but it isn't much I don't think you know we're that we're that's not a, we're not all mystery science theatery. That's things. actually another good segue, Mike, because I want to talk even just briefly about oh Christ, I forget his name now. Jake Paul. Uh, I feel like I'm speaking French. Oh, the Jacques Bud. Jordan Paul. It's Jake, right? 
Uh, there's like Zach, right? And sure. Blondie. Blonde Sean. Man. Sean Paul. The blonde one. They're 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 YouTube guys who go around finding dead people in the woods. But well, but you know what I'm talking about specifically. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Uh, I'm just trying to. I can't. We don't know exactly <laughs> who we're talking about. But but the, I think that some some folks. He's the know. guy from the Suicide Forest controversy. I think that he's the other one. O- okay. Because I think that they're, cause they're twins. I know that there's two of them. I don't know if they're twins. They're or lovers. That would be. A I don't want to speculate about things I don't know. I don't know a lot about YouTube, but this guy. Recently knocked Nate Robinson, formerly of the NBA, out pretty uh, aggressively in a boxing match recently. I didn't know celebrity boxing was still a thing. I, this, so this was like the first card in the Tyson fight that we were going to watch and didn't watch. Yeah, but that seems more like back when uh, Tanya Harding fought, I don't know, I can't remember who she fought. She kicked her ass though. She, I think she did a couple. Yeah, there's a great. They do that really well in Itania. The, the sequence. That's of right. That's right. I, I forgot about that. It's a good movie. But anyway, so he's challenging Conor McGregor to a fight really aggressively with this like Twitter Instagram video, and it's one of the funniest things I've seen all week. What the fuck is up, you Irish cunt? I don't know how I feel about. It's very. I don't like, really like either one of those guys. It's very like uh, YouTube kind of guy flexing. Yeah. He's like in yeah. front of a car, in front of a mansion, smoking a stogie with some goofy shit on. <laughs> with just a person who has too much money. Oh, vastly too much money. And he's not like, you know, doing good things with it. No, this guy was also, I think, a few months ago, a COVID is a hoax guy. Sure. So. Sure. Well, that's how, to, that's how you get listeners or followers. Sure. Man. That's but, what we should have been doing this year. It's just denying him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have gotten us a lot of lo- new listeners. It might have lost us some of our original ones. Yeah, but, some but of we our don't, friends. But and... we don't care what they think. No, no, no. It's all, it's all about the pod, baby. Yeah, it's all about the we're pod. We're trying to make money. <laughs> I want to sit in front of a mansion in a car so and challenge professional fighters and fights. Yeah. yeah. So you think Gregor will kick his ass? I don't know, man. Probably. I think he probably will. I do know Conor that... Gregor doesn't seem like the kind of guy I, I would want to fight. I don't know. I don't really want to fucking fight anyone, man. I'm, a, I'm just trying to chill. Yeah, I don't want to fight anyone. Nah, you're right. I, I you know... We're just we're on fire with segues right now because we can also maybe t- touch a little bit on uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, speaking yeah. of speaking of uh, problematic dudes doing kind of funny things. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> things that fucking... things that you like you kind of like it, but you're like, well, yes, because <laughs> I'm giving context for who what this guy is like making these movies. Yeah. And now this is like the seventh one, so he's probably yeah. like doing some fucking stupid crazy thing. They're, why are they even filming this right now? It's my question. Like, well, come on, come I mean, on, Hollywood. You don't get a carte blanche going around doing I, shit. I don't know, man. I mean, those are, like Tom Cruise mentions, it's a lot of people that depend on those jobs that are more than I know. dudes like Tom and, Cruise. You know? I know. I mean, a lot of things are And California's right economy should be bailing their asses out, too. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I don't. I mean, I certainly don't begrudge them for shooting, obviously. They're like, how would the caterers be working right now? Like, I get it. I feel bad for those guys. Tom Cruise should probably, like, uh, get taxed really high because he has a lot of money. Makes a good point. Give some of that money. I don't know if I'm getting a little political here. Well, anyway, what did he do? 
Did you so did you listen to this or not? I did listen to it. Okay. I wish there I wish there was a, I wish there was a video. <laughs> I do too. I really do. But we're talking we're talking about this Tom Cruise outburst on the set of the new Mission Impossible movie where he's screaming at I don't know what the brooch in the COVID protocol for two guys were standing sag. next to each other looking at a looking at a monitor and they didn't have masks on or what? He wanted them to be like six feet apart. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or maybe one of them pulled his mask down to, like, talk while he was looking at a monitor, and the other one was standing next to That's what it's. People that like. pull their masks down to talk, I'm like, I can hear you. Speak the fuck up. It's well, wild. as long as it's in a commercial, so I can be like, good, this actor needs FaceTime, you know? And just to be generally irresponsible and laughable. The real reason why I wanted to talk about this is beyond anything that Cruz says or the context of it at all. I just love that we have a new video of someone, like, yelling on set, because I think it's the funniest shit in the world. I love how those guys can be, like, some of the highest paid people in the world and still be that... Like, if I talk to a coworker like that in any context, anywhere, I'd be like, I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> like, word's gonna spread. People are gonna be like, Jesus Christ, man. It's so entitled. But they're funny. It's always funny. It's always so funny. But yeah, fuck. It makes me like hates hate celebrities. Man, well, sometimes. you know, I've I've been a long defender of the Christian Bale one because I like him more than I like Tom Cruise. That's true. But also, I mean, like that shit's stressful and like that's expensive. It seems it's like shit. and that one is that, someone that walking seemed like a little more of an excusable. Someone's someone's walking through the yeah. He ruined his. You're like, I spent an hour... Are you professional or not? I spent an hour no. preparing to cry. Oops. What else do I have on the uh, on the op- on the opener docket? I don't know. Oh, I mean, we can talk about the uh, WB... <laughs> WB. <laughs> the WB. <laughs> That's what's in my notes. The Warner Brothers HBO Max thing. This is kind of crazy. This oh, happened, this like, happened right after Like, we... right after we put out the last one. I forgot about so that. So it's kind of old news at this point, but there's been more... Uh, feedback to it since then. If I were a political cartoonist, I'd draw like something where HBO is like murdering uh, movie theaters, <laughs> like the final blow or yeah, like, the coup de gras. Right. No, it's true. So what we're talking about is that Warner Brothers just decided to pull all of their like big theater feature releases from theaters this year, and all of it's going to go straight to HBO Max. Yeah, and so is, all your favorite DC superheroes, and, and Timothy Chalamet, and Harry Potter, and the the one and, thing that, the one thing I saw on this uh, list that I thought was hilarious and I was like I can't believe I hadn't heard about this before is that there's a King Kong versus Godzilla movie coming out this year. Dude, they <laughs> so they made they made a couple of these Godzilla movies, and right. I saw the Kong on Skull Island one they made like. It was like 10 years ago, and it wasn't like, wasn't something that you, I don't think, did well enough normally to garner. No, but do you remember like the Godzilla movie that came out in the like late 90s? Yeah, with Matthew Broderick. With Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Russian guy. It was kind of a Jurassic Park era. It was fun. I mean, I was I like don't really remember eight. it much. But it seemed like it was a big deal when it came out. Well, I remember, so I the thing I remember the most about it is Puff Daddy dancing uh, to Judge ah! Jimmy Page riff. That's right. <laughs> That's my main memory of that movie. That's right. That was like early, you know, me starting to watch MTV kind of mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I was like, man, this riff is great. <laughs> 
fuck, Daddy's God. Oh my God, who's this Jimmy Page guy that he discovered? Do you? I mean, what are your what are your thoughts? Do you think that this is a uh, is this gonna kill movie theaters? Uh, I think COVID and streaming services have already kind of done that. Movie theaters aren't gonna go away. You know, they should keep evolving. I hope. I want to see more uh, drive-ins and stuff. That'd be cool. Really? Yeah, man. They only play. Kids. You can do drugs while you're watching the movie. Yeah, but they don't play. And, the, they don't play the movies. I want to see a drive-ins. Well, they could. And then in the kind of modern landscape of drive-ins, at least where we live. That's that's the kind of apocalypse I'm looking forward to, is where there's what gonna kind? be is where there's <laughs> gonna be like two drive-ins, so you can be like, well, let's go to the indie one then. I don't know how movie theaters would evolve to drive-ins if they're not supporting the regular ones. Uh, more more COVIDs. COVID-2. <laughs> Is there a part of you in the back of your head where it's like, well, we're going to be doing this again in 10 years? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. I feel like this like, is... Just looking around how ill-equipped we are, I'm like, something else is going to come along here soon. I feel like if I met my great-grandfather right now, he would be like, yeah, I lived through the... in 1918, and i am been ready for it this whole time. I got a whole bunch of kerchiefs. Well said. Yeah. All right. I think we're really on a good roll. The last... the One of the last things I have on here is about a... We've, had, we've got a great two-day champ on Jeopardy right now. Oh, yeah, I need to check this out. You get this kid, Brayden, he's, he's all of 17 years old. Of course, with a name like that. He's, he's just kind of this like young, little blonde kid. Is it, is it like college? He's not actually 17. Is it college or teen? Oh, okay. But he's much younger than all the other competitors. He's, in two episodes, he's hit all six daily doubles. Oh, and this is the guy who apologized for... Who, yeah, who apologized for getting them all in one game, and he, he turned to the contestants and he apologized, and Alex is like, don't apologize to them. Yeah. <laughs> Alex is like... And tonight, at the end of this one, because he fucking ran away with it, Alex, like, usually at the end of an episode, Alex would be like, oh, Marsha, Taylor, God, you know, tough, tough work out there today, but you did okay. Obviously, the champion here, but today he was like, Brayden, just another runaway. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Alex has really lost his, uh, you know, he, he, it becomes more obvious that I think who he's rooting for. He likes to see people play well. Yeah. He's you like, really see that. In and that's, I think, ones. like, that deadpan reaction. Yeah. Of, like, don't apologize is, like, that, that, that tarnishes the integrity of the game. Yeah. And, like, in uh, this whole week, really... The first round has gone really well for everybody. You know, they're all in like the three to six thousand dollars, like when they take the first break or whatever. Sure. And he's always like, tight game. I'd love to see that. When, like when everyone is doing well, like he's actually like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I got people who can play today. Yeah, he's the biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. The quiz master. Uh, I know. I mean, we've, we've eulogized him, I feel like, so many times, but it's, they are hard to watch because you're like, the, the clock is ticking on these new episodes. Yeah. Now. So when the is people will be home. Yeah. Hmm. Do you got anything else on your? On not, your not on my on your, not on my docket. I mean, do you want to bullet do, points? Not not really. Does there any is there any other cultural events that we're that we're missing right now? Um. Oh. Bi 
Biden finally became president. Yeah, who cares? All right, let's take a little break. <laughs> and we will be back. Temporary children's programming. It's so strange, though, that those two little, two yeah. little brothers, man. Yeah, yeah. You think they could take uh, Macaulay and, and Kieran Culkin in a fight? Who? Savage versus Culkin. I kind of feel like maybe they Dang could. Team. I don't know. I I put money on the Culkins. Those boys are troublemakers, man. Yeah, and they grew up in a house of like six kids. Yeah, and they definitely got beaten. As children, so they've got repressed. Yeah, you're probably. Yeah, no, you're right. You're you right. know, you're right. <laughs> well, we're back. <laughs> nice. That's what that's what we want. That's what you come to the podcast for. Yeah, it's more about the rapport around here. You know, I'm gonna um, crack. A, I'm gonna crack a beer open. Crack a soda. You got your wine. That's right. What do you What are you drinking? A Merlot. Well, partially. I just watched that Seinfeld where they're like, "Do you enjoy your Merlot?" and Oh, yeah. And George's mom's like, what's a Merlot? <laughs> While she's drinking the wine. You know. Soup Nazi was on tonight, which I feel like I've seen too many times at this point. Yeah. I like the B-sides. I do, too. And I actually think that in syndication, they play fewer than, like, if you're on Hulu, they have... Yeah, they know which ones... They, play, had big, they really <laughs> play the hits. Yeah, they know which ones... People respond. It's why it. you feel like every time you turn it on, you're watching the same one that you've seen a million you, times. Yeah, they're only showing you 20 of them. Yeah, but there's like another you're, and 100. You're like, why did you need 75 of these to get syndicated in the first place or whatever? That's a good question, but not the question we came to answer. Mike, is Mank good? Oh, we're doing Mank first? Yeah. Ooh, okay. I have, I literally just finished it. Mike's fresh on this. I watched it the night that it came out. Which was ten days ago, I think. I finished it less than an hour ago. I finished it, texted you, came over here. This is so... We're going to get unfiltered Mike. I'll ask you one more time. Is Mank good? I would say yes. Okay, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was saying I was worried because you, you've been kind of quiet about it. I locked like, it up. I tried to lock it up as much as I could. I can't imagine, unless someone's a boring idiot... Uh, not There's discourse thinking. around it right now. You know, the only the my the, the biggest problem I had with it is my brain is has trouble in black and white like telling people apart once in a while. So it took me a minute to be like, oh, the one producer guy as different guy from like his brother or sure. whatever, or like his wife and the British the, girl look the a little, they look a little similar. You sure. know, I, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I think that I think in that case it's a little intentional. Yeah, maybe it isn't both actually. 
because they're they've got these kind of dueling mm-hmm. uh, dynamics. Yeah, I think it's great. I wish I'd watched Citizen Kane, and I want to go watch it that now. It's only an hour and a half long. I feel like people think that it's like the infinite jest of movies, but no, movies were shorter back then, as they should be. Like movies were were seventy five to ninety minutes long. Yeah, he so, says you know, can't tell a man's life in two hours. Yeah, that's and that's a good sentiment. And there is, I think, some stuff that is supposed to do that kind of snippet of a life that tells an entire story yes, of a life. Yes, it's very meta. It kind of does the opposite it, thing. It's a postmodern take on that because it's like you know, it knows what it's doing. It's using the elements from that. Right. I mean, that's why I, well, I want to go watch Citizen Kane now and then go rewatch Mank and be like. Like, I know there's references. When he drops right. the, I the mean, bottle, it's like the yeah. snow globe or whatever. Yeah, there's there's like an infinite amount of scholarship that that is available to people if they want to, you know, dive deep into every every crevice of the story. Because, I mean, the, the Pauline Kale Raising Cane critique that we had talked about that I think came out in, like, the 70s is a big part of the influence to write this script and to take the kind yeah. of angle that it does and it's like there's it also that and there's scholars and getting enough credit exactly you know and then there's you know scholarship in the other way and there's people have been talking about citizen kane and orson wells and through kind of the shadow mankovitz as well for almost a century right you know so i, I mean people can dig into it as much as it's they a want. weird thing to be like I mean, I've, yes, clearly Orson Welles got more credit. Yeah. And Mankiewicz didn't get enough, but it's like, they both, you know, contributed to this final thing, you know? Mankiewicz made the dough, and Orson baked the bread. Right. You know? Well, and there's, and Mank has the great line in the movie where he says, I've given him uh, plenty of directions to go, oh, or whatever, yeah, it's and, like, it's, um, and, it's com- and it's complete no matter where he starts or finishes, but it's his direction, it's his job to yeah. take it where it's going, or, wh- or what, I'm God, the language is so good in it. It's written <laughs> pretty exquisitely, I think. I immediately it's pun city, I looked up, I looked up the writer, like, immediately. Jack Fincher. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is so interesting that this is, because I've never seen The Aviator, um, but that was, like, the other movie biopic that he, like... He, it was it was based off a script that he had written about mm-hmm. Howard Hughes, uh-huh. and because uh, because I think that this main script was written in the eighties or nineties. No? Yeah, it was supposed to be made with Kevin Spacey in the lead. That's right. That would have sucked. <laughs> um, but now it's kind of it's like you know it's like an interesting like love letter to his father a little bit for Fincher. Like it's a very personal story. So let's let's talk about Fincher more because I think that that is what some of the the kind of slight pushback of this movie is is that I think a lot of people were looking for the Finchery ass version of Fincher, like the Gone Girl, Fight Club Seven, Zodiac Panic yeah, Room version like, of that's, Fincher. That's like a unfair thing to do to directors, though. Is no, to be totally. like you, you know, directors. It it is cool when they have this oeuvre or whatever. Oh yeah. But, uh... We're gonna look back on Fincher's, I think, and be like, this is about as sweet as it gets. Yeah, and it's a guy knowing how, knowing, like, how to use the tool book, the toolbox to... Totally. To build this thing, even though it's not the kind of thing he normally does and we expect of him. But, it, I mean, this movie isn't far off from Benjamin Button or Social Network, really. 
I mean, shit, the, it's someone who knows how to just be like, this is the, the, the look we want right now. And that, and I'm sure th- th- those are like pioneering things in Citizen Kane when he's the, absolutely when my Myers walking and doing his walk and talk when they first meet him. Okay, do, do you want to talk about that scene? Because I think it's maybe one of the best scenes I've seen in a movie his this whole, year. His whole monologue? No, I mean that entire first scene where he, and he and where he's he, on set. And then he walks into the... Yeah, this is where he meets Amanda Seyfried's character and where we meet Hearst and he's just like bopping around that set in the middle of... Oh, I was talking about uh, the f- like flashback where they see Meyer walk off to go... F- tell all those people their pay is cut. Oh, th- also but that's a great scene. You're talking about a great scene too. All of these guys that's, are... That is one of the best walking talks I've seen in anything. Ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, and he's like, rule number two. Hey, sweetheart. da 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 You know? Right. That right. starts with them throwing Clark Gable out of the studio? I don't know. There's a lot of... In, in I've seen a couple of things Wikipedia, of who that's supposed to be. It said there's like a ton of little cameos from actors that I just wouldn't really... Like, no. I think the guy who's getting tossed out in the beginning is Clark Gable. Uh, the okay. beginning of the walk and talk or whatever. That's funny. And they did a lot of, like, don't let the Marx Brothers sit in my office. They started making hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Seafried said nerds a few times, which was my favorite. Back, I used to, uh, I was the founder of a vaudeville troupe back in my days before I started doing talkie pictures. And I said nerds a lot, to the point where James told me to stop doing it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't funny. I thought it was funny. Ah, nerds. Uh, I love her performance. It took me, I think, 20 minutes before I realized that that was her. She's like an amazing character. Amazing performance. Whoa. And like a face made for black and white. 100%. Big poppin' eyes. And 100%. The, yeah. the thing I keep reading and, and people joking about is she going to be the first mean girl with an Oscar? Ooh. Yeah, they're both going to get nominations. I should hope she gets one for supporting actress. I haven't... Uh, I, I had the thought watching that that they both... She's really great will. in it. I really... I, that, She's really good. That first scene when they're on the set and it's pun city between She's Olman tied and to the yeah, stake. Your flat bush is showing and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's all... That shit is just, like, sig. sparkling in the beginning of that movie. That is a great scene. When you're especially kind of... Because I also understand when people start watching this that they're like, okay, where are we going? Are we going to be in this convalescent home for another hour? What's, like, you know, what's going to happen? Yeah, it was a, it was a little women flashback, flash forward yeah, stuff and I like going that. on. I do too, and I like that it's like, you know, self-aware enough to have the little typing of in- cool. interior, right. you know. I do wonder if that's in the screenplay, the screenplay being put yeah. onto the screen. because I feel like Fincher took his dad's script and then did what Wells did with Mankiewicz's script, you know? It was like, here's a flourish or a gag or something I want to add, or... Right. There were I... so many little weird, just amazing things happening in every scene it was absolutely i was rewind it took longer to because i was like i need to watch that interaction again like seven or eight times absolutely absolutely yeah i don't that first that scene was great because that's where you met all those characters the producer guys are sitting there and they're like who's that that's mankowitz like you know oh just a writer yeah that was really funny yeah that scene that that scene 
I've said it multiple times already, but like I of all the films I've seen this year, that that as a as that's like a set piece for the entire movie. I mean, it's mm-hmm. that guy so who sweet. played Meyer, I think, was really really good. Mm-hmm. Yo, he absolutely could, he could get a supporting actor. Well, that was you know what I I kind of knew that guy when I went back and looked at his thing, as well as the guy who plays Hurst and the guy who plays Hurst. A lot of people know him from Game of Thrones. His name is Charles Dance. Sure. But I know him from being the villain in Last Action Hero when we <laughs> sure. were children. Sure. He's sure. A, he's always been really good. But there's a there's a lot of those... It seems like they've packed it with a lot more kind of gamer character actors. Yeah. It definitely is far from like a cast of something like The Social Network. Eh, I don't know. Social Network's maybe not the best example. But like Gone Girl or Benjamin Button, where you have these like names all over. Well, the yeah, because Gary Oldman is one of the highest-grossing character actors already. Sure. So you're like, we're gonna. This is like a Coen Brothers move. Like we're just gonna get character actors because they could play characters. Yeah. And that's what we need. And it, but it, and it also serves the purpose. That, you know, there's the scenes of all the day players who were completely out of work Ugh. in the middle of the movie. That yeah. shit was. That was great. Yeah. All of that stuff. The There's whole... so much intention to all of the making of the movie. Yeah. Which is, that's what I think of when I think of a Fincher movie. I don't think of the, someone cutting someone's throat while they're having sex No, thing, he's an attention know. to detail kind of guy. Yeah, and he's obviously, you know, we you were saying earlier about the guy who has a fucking toolbox. Like, he has a toolbox, and that's like, he shoots digitally and shoots a 10 billion takes or whatever and then still did still shot everything digitally this way but like does you know goes they go so far out of their way to you know put the cigarette burns on the on the changing of the reels and all the things to make everything really feel the lighting is so good and it's like not afraid to be dark that scene where they're walking around Hearst Castle and the you know the elephants and the giraffes and things like that the first time the scenes are so dark but it's just just enough to actually see it like you were there. Yeah. It's, it's so understated. I really wish I could have seen the thing in a theater with the full sound and yes. the full version of the yeah. image, you know, but... I'd like to see it at a drive-in movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I don't think it would be very popular. Yeah, it was so... so it was, you'd really have fun. It is so much, like, intention put into everything that you're looking at. I was like, every, every shot is, like, so beautiful... The first time you meet his wife and him, like, it's just mm-hmm. that light coming in from the hallway, and he's all drunk, and, like, the entire, <laughs> you know, all you're getting is this one, is this one source of light. Yeah. And, the, you know, has a lot of those, like, old, standard, like, you know, they're, here's, we're gonna just get a light on the eyes, or there's gonna be uh, a window with, like, the blinds, you know, and... I, I don't know. The, I've never been, like, so marveled over lighting <laughs> in a movie in a long time. Right. I, right. I, well, it's something... We've talked about this before. Someone really doing something with style. And, yeah. it, and it pays off. But it, but it wasn't just fluff. You know, it's not style no. over substance. No, not, no. I that's, didn't realize that's how... not style at all. I didn't realize how it's substantial style. it would get. Because Huck, Huck was like, man, this thing has a lot of socialism in it. And I was like, oh, really? 
Yeah, the entire Upton Sinclair detour was really... Do you know who played him? No. It was Bill Nye. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it was Bill Nye. I recognized him and I looked it up, yeah. Because you only see his face for a second. Yeah, because it's mostly him giving But I was like, who is that? Like, his voice, you know, rings a bell. What the fuck? Which is like, ama- <laughs> which is amazing casting, because now Bill Nye is this guy who's gone from like, um, you know, Bob Ross, Alex Trebek levels of yeah. childhood yeah. greatness to being like, a guy who's literally going around being like, you fucking idiots don't see that global warming is a thing? Like, did I... I, I wasted my time! Like... Yeah. That's, it's a perfect guy to play Upton Sinclair, actually. I did, I did not realize that's him. That's amazing! <laughs> see? awesome? Venture is the best! There's so much intention in that. And you only see this face for a second, you know? They talk about him a lot. He's mythical... Hearst, you only see a couple of times. Like they're they're like peripheral figures that all they of this Hearst action really well, is. Yeah. But they do set those two characters up as like antithetical yeah. ideologies, you know. Because yeah. Hearst was, I don't know if anyone, some of our listeners might not know William Randolph Hearst was one of the biggest pieces of shit of the twentieth century. <laughs> he was like he was like Rupert Murdoch. You know, just has his playbook. All of these fucking goons. He was uh, a creator of yellow journalism, you know. Yep. Muck-raking piece of shit. And Upton Sinclair is one of the coolest figures (laughs) in the 20th century. (laughs) And it's just crazy, like, how, you know, all these themes are, like, so relevant right now. It's It's, wild. It it, it reached, I think, points, you know, when we watched... Trial of the Chicago 7, we, that we were like, wow, they probably could not have guessed how well-placed this would be when it came out. Yeah, and you know, a lot of these political issues have really been unmasked due to COVID, Yeah, and so these stories are like, hitting on a new level, mm-hmm. you know? It might have gotten a little, a little less attention for those reasons, you know, under, under different circumstances, but... Here we are in hell, <laughs> and this is what we want. And people are, and it's great. I was during that first scene where he goes to the set, and it's all the like guys sitting around dressed like Indians and stuff. Uh-huh. I was like, man, they really thought audiences were so fucking dumb back then. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's like, well, and just an unwillingness to, yeah, to even to, to participate in integrating. Those yeah, things, you know? and watch, and I'm like, and this. And here I am watching this movie that like respects my intelligence, and it's and it, it's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I I am always such a fan of the intelligent adult piece. Yeah, we and it's not boring. We, we truly don't get enough of that in a world where like we're all on the internet and all understand everything right now. I think you yeah. know people have the ability to do that. And we still kind of get cheated at the movies somehow, at least in these kind of like major releases. Yeah. Well, that's why this is like Oscar contending fair and not 100%. You know, I mean, I'm sure, I guess it will probably get a little bit of theater run in order to, don't they still have to do that? I do think that they, yeah, and I think that this was able to open in, you know, Northern Arkansas or something. Somewhere. I don't know. I, th- I, th- I do think that it has to be a Los Angeles premiere, but I'm not positive. 
It has to have a run in Los Angeles and New York. All seems awfully stupid and arbitrary. Yeah, especially right now. But we're going to talk more about the Oscars down the road. Uh, the last thing before we move on from Mank. It's not boring. It's no. not a slow, boring movie. It's really funny. It's really funny. And it's also very full of pathos and full of thoughtful yeah. debate and stuff. Yeah, if you come for the perverted version of Venture, that's not what it is at all. It has a... A uh, grace. Yes, exactly. I'm sorry. I it has, it's, you, it's, it's No, but you, I, grace is such a good word. It's nimble, and it's yeah, impassioned. Nimble, yeah. You know, it has a Shakespearean... Like spring Hill Jack. <laughs> that's a great title. That was a... That was like a figure that would haunt Victorian people running around town and could jump really high. Let's talk about that later. Yeah. So you and we, you mentioned Upton Sinclair and Hearst, who were both, both way heavy on the narrative of the story that are, you know, featured, I think, appropriately, effectively, anyway. You could obviously have a movie that only focuses on that, where... Mankiewicz sure. is not a character. I would love to see the Upton Sinclair biopic. Yeah. Every time they talk about him, he's doing something amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's another figure that looms really heavy over the piece that you see very selectively. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> until until the, the third act. Yeah. And this, I think that the, maybe this is another complaint that people have about the movie, because I think that on and off again, I feel it too. You wanted more. I wanted more of that, and I did I did want... Because the best scene in the movie to me is the scene you we talked more? about earlier on the set. You don't get more. <laughs> You're right. You get what you get. You're going to tell Fincher... What <laughs> nothing he, will come of nothing. You're gonna Speak tell, again. You're going to tell him... You're right. That he needs to be more heavy-handed with the wells? <laughs> Who the yes! hell do you... Damn it, yes! I want more Orson Welles in this movie. Orson Welles is, screams at a man. You can't give me one more scene with him. What do you want him to do? I don't fuck, care. Fuck somebody? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of lost it. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. You also, Orson you, Welles. I think that you had a similar uh, run at it as Tom Burke, who I love in the part, did. He's really good on the phone. Once he starts yelling, he kind of loses it. He loses it. Yeah. He loses it. On the phone is great, though. He's great! What do we got, Mank? He's so good! What are you cooking up for me, baby? Can't wait to see it. Then we'll noodle. I could have watched... You and I will sit down and do a noodle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... I, I don't know. Maybe it's... I, I, I think it's just my own personal want for more Orson Welles content all the time. Because I just find sure. that guy fascinating. Yeah, that's fine. Well, then we'll go watch Citizen Kane. You need to watch fucking They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. Alright. We're gonna have... If you want we're gonna, we're gonna We're gonna get together. We're gonna have tea and crumpets. We're gonna watch Citizen Kane. The greatest film ever made. New. Coming to moving pictures. And then we'll watch... The Love You When I Dead about his unfinished film The Other other Side side of the the Wind. wind. The Other Side of the Wind. Not this side. That side. (laughs) You're pissing into it. You fool. You gotta watch it, dog. You know, the only thing that did bug me a a little bit about Mank is that (laughs) in like the last 15 minutes or something, Gary Oldman goes, I'm 42. (laughs) 
Yeah, but did you look at pictures of the guy? Yeah, but I was like, Jesus Christ! Because first of all, Gary Oldman is like 60. Yeah, but that guy looked like he was fucking 60. Oh, and I don't doubt it the way he drank. But it's like a, it's almost like a, and I'm fine with it. Because look at, when you dude, look at the pictures, you're under the be con- like, oh. If it were, if it were, like, under the context of him being this radical drunk, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, he aged himself 20 years? Because he's not, like, Oldman's so good in this. He gets, he, put on, he puts on a little weight. Well, he's but just, he's stripped down. He's not in any bullshit. He's just... He's amazing. And proving that he is... Uh, you, think, you think he should win Best, uh, best Actor? I'm not gonna. I'm not making any of my calls on that yet because I we're we're gonna, gonna do, see what else we're gonna is do out movies there. in a couple weeks. But I have eight movies that I'm gonna try to pound out before the end of the year. Any of them have any leading actor males? You uh, think who can who can touch touch Mank's Mankness? Um, Manky Mankness. Well, I mean, my Rainey's uh, Big Black Bottom is coming out. I'm sure oh, that the Chadwick. Coming. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we gotta watch that one. That's already out now, isn't it? Is it out now? Fuck. Uh, it might come out this week. Uh, I'm going to watch all the Steve McQueen movies, I think, in the next couple days. I think there's probably something in there, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to judge that at the Oscars. Uh, yeah, I guess the rest of these are actually all kind of female leads. So watch Emma. We can talk about that. Emma's on, Emma's on this list. That's what it is. It's got Anya. Yeah, I'm just, I'm 8 to 20. Anya, I'm 8 to get to 20. Anya, right who's having a year rivaling uh, Florence last year. Having a year? Holy shit. Yeah, no, she really is. We can, we'll talk about that more later. I too. think we might. Okay, so speaking of Anya Taylor Joy, maybe now it's time to move into our year end review in television. We're gonna do our top fives. This is the second time we've done this. Did we do it for TV shows last year? Yeah, yeah we, did. we did. We did an extravaganza two-parter, actually, I think. Well, it was our year-end review with a UE, right? Yeah, review! Yeah, like <laughs> like there's going to be an oleo. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We'll there's we'll going to be a little dancing. Time. A bicycle built for two. Love it. Ah, nerds. Your flatbush is showing. So, how do you want to do this? I mean, uh, I, I mean, people know how it goes. Should we... When do, when do you want to do honorable mentions? Well, uh, well, let's out. let's start let's start with those now. You said that you had a bigger list, so why don't you go first? Uh, my honorable mentions are mostly all the docu series that I watched okay. that I didn't feel like were appropriate. Some of these are just on maybe on like one off miniseries. Yeah, so right. I watched I watched the Vow, which was about Nexium. Right. These are all about these are all about like fucked up things. <laughs> so I watched the Vow. Which was about Nexium, which was like this um, executive leadership program cult thing that mm. had all sorts of fucked up things going on. It's really good though. Uh, Tiger King's on here because everyone watched it. Of course. Filthy Rich, the Epstein one, is really right. good. Right. Really fucked up. And but the best one of all of those uh, was the Last Dance <laughs> about about Michael Jordan, who's not a horrible person. He's just. No, he's mean just... To, he's just mean to kids. Well, and he's just on a different stratosphere than any other human being. Yeah. And he's aware. He's literally gone... He saved Bugs Bunny. You're, Bugs Bunny... <laughs> did you know that's, like, Chuck Jones, I think, is one problem? Did you know that's a documentary? I think that's... <laughs> when, when Space Jam came out, Chuck Jones or one of those guys was just like, 
Bugs Bunny would never ask anyone for help <laughs> to solve one of his problems. That is like <laughs> fundamentally sacrilegious. Wow. And yet Michael Jordan's the guy. And he did it. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Well, yeah, oddly, because it was basketball. Yeah, well, who, yeah. A little contrived. They cle- well, Bugs had to ask for help. They clearly were not going to. Yeah. They were clearly fucked. Imagine all the other games they could have suggested for those little guys. They could have been like volleyball. And then they'd get Tom Cruise. You know? Val Kilmer. Yeah. Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> so, the last dance is actually, you'll, I think, be surprised to learn, is actually just in my honorable mentions as well. Kind of because I, I, I'm glad that you put the kind of docu-series thing on your honorable mentions. Because I did too. It didn't feel it didn't right. Feel like didn't feel right for we, the we, TV. We thing. like narrative fiction around here. Exactly. And so, but it was, I mean, it was amazing. That's like one of the only things that I... It was awesome. That was, that was probably the best appointment viewing I got during... Because that was like the hard early days of quarantine for me and I watched it week to week. I know you did it. I like, watched it all at once right. when it came on Netflix. And that must have been fun. It was. <laughs> it was a fun day. <laughs> Mike just sitting on the couch being like, when are they going to get to Space Jam? And the Space Jam thing does not disappoint at all. Nothing about that disappoints. Nothing about it. And I took that personally. Oh my god, what a funny guy. Nobody has had more, like, of a sense of, like, vengeance than Michael Jordan, where he's just making up reasons to be like, I'm gonna Fuck kill that. this guy. <laughs> and you know what? And every time, it would work. It worked. It worked so well. He just, like, makes that, he's, like, gets very personally offended by, like, tiny little slights in order to murder people and be, like, the greatest of all time. The gr- and he literally, like... Literally leaves the game. Of, I mean, he did come back, obviously, but in his Bulls run, on like this hard push off, last second jumper to win his sixth NBA Finals in eight years. Yeah, that's a great documentary. It's really good. So yeah, that's a, that's a no. That that that's a that, that that could probably replace one of my normal ones. It could have it could have replaced any of mine, but I I had to put it on the outs. The other so the other two on my honorable mentions are both show shows. I did. Put, I put run on my honorable mentions. Oh shit! That should be on mine because it didn't actually make my top five. I didn't dislike it by any. Stretch. I didn't. I I just kind of. I. This is I one mean, of the shows that we that we died on. We talked about this on the pod and then never finished the conversation. Didn't we? <laughs> no, we I don't think that we did. We never well, talked about the finale. I liked it. I, I I meant to put it on my top five until I remembered a bunch of these shows that I had actually watched this year. They just felt like they were so long ago. So it was Run fun. did not make my normal. Top run five. had a cup. Run had a good run. I hope it has another season. I don't think that it will. That's then it didn't have a good run. Then oh, it's okay. a waste. Of my Whoa, time. that's what you once described as your only guilty pleasures are the ones that were a waste of your time, and it was the most astute thing that's ever been said on the podcast. Like eight seasons of Lost or Game of Thrones or Ex- whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, because knowing that like life is short, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know. The the last one of my honorable mentions, which I I feel bad not including in my top five, but. Because I, I think it goes underappreciated is high maintenance. High maintenance is the best. Yep. It's I, mean, I mean, it's just, it's the best. It's I don't still even... rolling, huh? Yeah, the last season that came out, the season that came out last, um, like, January or whatever. Awesome. 
Oh. Anything? What else is on your honorable mentions? Uh, my other two honorable mentions were both cartoons. Uh, that show Primal that I told you about. Right, we talked about that last week. That's awesome. Right. I, it's just cool. And uh, the new Animaniacs is pretty funny. I watched like the first three episodes, and the fucking writing is hilarious. Really? Yeah. That's funny. I, d- I didn't realize that that was actually coming back until very recently. I was I surprised. thought everyone was just like into making Animaniacs jokes. No, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I was hanging out with my brother Kimura. I was like, let's watch the first one. And, and it's funny? What's it on? on? It's on Hulu. Whoa. Yeah. Smoke a bowl and watch some Animaniacs, everybody. 2020 so It's funny as hell. 2020 is so weird. <laughs> the animation's not as quite as great, but that's fine. Okay, whatever. It's still I... funny. All right, top fives. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, after you. After me. All right, my number five. Top. I want to know. I want to know if we have. I'm sure we have a few of the same ones. We're gonna have a couple. We'll see where they land. Yeah. So my number five is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh shit! Did you forget you watched this? I did forget I watched this. <laughs> I'm gonna. This might happen a couple times. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think this. Oh, that's this, a good one. This came out I think right before we all went into the first. Lockdown and it I, was a great season. In the very early moments of this season is when Larry David breaks uh, a selfie stick of some kids when he's walking and knocks Leon, over a bunch of scooters and knocks over a bunch of scooters <laughs> and just keeps going. This is a season where Larry David dealt with dealt with <laughs> learning that he could wear a Trump hat, a mega hat, to like avoid people. And also got me tooed. He got like, me tooed. Amazing this, this shit. This is also going when on. he got into the the Spite Coffee House, Latte Larry's to combat Mocha Joe's. Oh god, I just watched the Seinfeld where he tries to return the jacket over Spite. And they're like, You can't return it over Spite. And he's like, Well then I changed my mind, I don't like it. And they're like, But you already said Spite. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Uh, this season also features the John Hamm uh, studying Larry. Oh, that's right. And becoming Larry, which is fucking hilarious. I don't. I don't need to. So, to, what a dumb thing. I don't need to say anything else about Jeff Garland's. I'll eat whatever the fuck I want. That's right. Line deliveries of the year. Oh man. So, curves by number five. It's a good one. It was kind of tough to put it at five, honestly. Nah, that's a good one. Damn it. I'm 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 a little annoyed that's not on my list or my honorable mentions. It's okay. Just rewatch it. You'll feel better about it. I'm gonna rewatch the entire series actually. (laughs) All right. What's your number five? My number five is the Queen's Gambit. Cool. This is my number four. Cool. Uh, this was everybody's favorite show. I think this year. This is the Tiger King of. Narrative dramatic television. I I agree. Yeah, nobody saw it coming, but we all did it together. Mm-hmm. We all liked it. And I think yeah, we all responded to the ending a lot more. What than Tiger King? <laughs> yeah, I think that you leave the Tiger King and you feel kind of gross. And by the time I was like done with Tiger King, I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You can kind of yeah. That's enough like, of that. You're like, it doesn't end on like. A point where it's like, well, this was more exciting than anything we've seen so far. We've seen everything under the goddamn sun at that point. That's true. Tiger King kind of jumped the shark. Oh, my God. (laughs) But it was real. Dude, the craziest part for me was when that guy killed himself. Jesus Christ. Because I kept going, 
How do they have him on an interview? Oh, yeah, because he's dead. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, Queen's Gambit's amazing. Yeah, we talked about it. It's great. Everybody likes it. Yeah. We can move on. Uh, so that was my number four. Do you want to do your number three? Oh, sure. My number four is probably your number one, I'm going to guess. High Fidelity, and this was tough to put it for. I was vacillating with four and three. Sure. I think that that's a, this is my number one. You're right. And that you saying that, I don't think that this was a bad year for TV at all, despite what a bad year it was yeah. in real life. At first I thought it was, but I remembered that all these things came out yeah. like in the spring. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm having that trouble with movies too, where I'm like, you know what, a lot of these things yeah, that, I, to me too. that I have seen, that I'm waiting to see, that have come out but I haven't seen yet, I know that a lot of these things are actually quite good. Uh, yeah. You know, so I mean, there's maybe some big things that didn't happen, but... This is a good year for, um, uh, like, aggregates of opinions on things, because everybody's sit sitting around watching crap more so than normally. Yeah. And what's a better show about aggregates of opinion than High Fidelity, which we've talked about? Yeah. Plenty. And what's a better show to be doing a top five? And really, I feel bad having it be my four. Like, High Fidelity... Should be my one, two. I it's, mean, it's it's awesome. It's my number one, and yeah, I I've watched it I think four times since it came out. It's we did such an episode a good on it, right? Yeah, we've talked about it plenty. So anyone uh, anyone who Kravitz, listens to this and hasn't watched it already, I'm really bummed they're not gonna do another season. But honestly, the way it ended is kind of um, it was kind of ambiguous. Yeah, but it doesn't wrap up the the plot of. I forget her character. Uh, Cherise, is that her no, name? No, it definitely changes the message, you know, from, like, finding the one to, like, yeah. just keep ho keep hoeing around, everybody. Yeah. You know? Which is a very millennial attitude. There's a lot of stuff about that story that doesn't get wrapped up, though, so. No, you're right. I would love. I would have loved another season. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe down the line. I think that might be part of the reason I put it lower, because I just, like, didn't want to. Sure. It's like, ah, God, I wish I could have. Maybe if I had one more date with that girl. Uh, <laughs> sure. You know. No, I get it. All right, so my number three, because we're on to three now. You've done five, four and five, right? Yeah. All yeah, right. give me a three. So my number three is The New Pope. That's my number two. That's your number two. Yep. I knew we this were going to have This feels like one. another lifetime ago. That we... I had to remember that that was this year. I right? had to Google it. It hasn't, It did, that didn't. I think quite get to have the the mental real estate that it deserved after it completed because it ran right up against COVID happening. Yeah. I think the finale either was like right in the middle or the beginning of it. Did we even talk about the finale? Cause we, we did. We talked about the end of the Pope. And the end of the Pope, end of the world, I believe, is the title that's of the That's when episode. you and I, that's like one of our two Zoom call episodes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I, I think so. So I mean, we, before we, we really, it. before we really hunkered down and just were like, Listen. but I, as it was happening, as it was washing over us, it was a pretty transcendent experience. I still listen to that theme song pretty consistently. Really, <laughs> the new Pope, the new one, the new one. Yeah, both of them. Well, the new All one, the new one has been more around this year. Yeah, for yeah. Me. Those girls are like. This blew our song up. 
<laughs> it was awesome. And they and they were like, also, we wish we had the idea to have like nuns dancing around. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Neon crucifixes will always be cool. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Just a it's a thing. I kind of feel like I should rewatch the second season. Remember, the, it just had a lot of weird little things going. Remember that like uh, the Bill Hader guy mm-hmm. like doing his little dance mm-hmm. number at the end of that one episode, or the there was a lot of interesting things. Interesting things. Happening there's a whole plot that. line about all those guys like having orgies all the time. Yeah. And getting blackmailed and yeah, it was really good. And Lenny died, right? Lenny comes back from the dead, and then he dies, and then you're like, mm. and then we're like, we'll see where this goes. I think that he said that he was interested in doing a third one. We, I do remember us talking about your theory was that um, our guy uh, Voyello is gonna uh, be the next pope. They right. do set that up because doesn't he have like a kid at the end there? Like Lenny's reincarnated. There's something weird going on. I can't. Well, he I can't try to remember how the second season. Ended. I think we need to. Re- I think we should rewatch it. I'd rewatch just the very last episode because I think we were kind of distracted, but it it was so good anyway. We had takes when it ended. Who knows? But I remember we joked. I joked that the next season was going to be called the Three Popes, and they were just going to three stooges around. Oh, that's right. You know, right. and it was going to be like Jude Law is like Mo. <laughs> it was like, look here, you idiots. That's right. <laughs> so we've so we've talked New Pope as well. What's your number three? Uh, my number three was Midnight Gospel. Oh, I so I didn't watch this. You still should. Okay. You still should. It's cool. Speak on it's it. It's cool. It's trippy. I I've talked about it before. It was Duncan Trussell's show on Netflix. And it's animated. It's from his. They take snippets of his podcast where he interviews just, like, wild people. So there's, like, you know, an episode of him talking to somebody just about, like, chaos magic. Mm. And another one. And it's not, like, Joe Rogany. It's not bro-y. It's very, no, right. like, kind of kind of hippy-dippy, which is shit that I kind of like. Mm. But, and then the animations from the guy who did um, Adventure Time. So it's like pretty whimsical, uh-huh. you know. Another thing I would recommend, maybe you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna smoke a bowl for the holidays and sit back <laughs> and, and watch watch something cool, but it's also really it it pulls you in. It gets really it may, and by the time you're done, you're like God, you know. I just it it's like meditative, you know. Right. You like have a new lease on life, right? A little bit. I kind of want to go rewatch it. And I listened to his, his actual podcast a little, but the show, they really took some of, like, the best of the best of right. five years of him talking to all sorts of people. And it, the, Was he, like, talk to his dying mother in it at one point? That's, like, the last one. You know, it's him interviewing his mom. Um, the first one's, like, Dr. Drew, and so you're, like, which is, like, the most mainstream one they have. They have, um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, what's her name? Annie... Anne Lamott, mm. Annie Lamott, mm. uh, she's on one of them, talking about death. There's a lot of them about a lot of stuff about death in that, but it's also like, hey, we need to process the reality of being alive, right. and all of the anxieties and fears and right, you know, things that go along with that, while they're like cartoon characters with like crazy shit flying around on the screen the whole time. Sure. Good vibe. Good vibe. All right, so I so I've only got one left because you did my number one. 
Do you want to do your number two first? My number two is the Pope, so I only have one left, too. Oh, okay, cool. All right, well, then I'll go. My number two is Top Chef, which was supposed to have... Oh, this is your number two? Yeah. Top Chef... You've so been trying to get me into this. What's it on? It's on Hulu. You can watch all of them except for the newest one. All right, I need a new thing. I've been watching a lot of Face Off. Right. I watched, like, seven seasons of right. Face this is, Off. This is your uh, reality post-competition show. Yeah, they do... Uh, character makeup top chef i i was hesitant to put it in the list because it is a reality competition show but the you've been talking about this show man well it is for a long time been i think one of the best like character building dramas in terms of like like it's such a viewer like it makes me a better person to watch yeah absolutely I have never cried at a show as frequently and as repeatedly as I do with some Top Chef episodes. This is amazing. Because okay. of the people's connection to their food and like the way that the way that you watch them grow or the way you watch them crash through seasons because of it's, it's Are the crashes glorious? Cuz I invest in Sometimes, yeah. in these shows for like the the misses more than the hits, honestly. In Top Chef you always root for hits mostly. Because you really do, the connection you build with those people because of the nature of what it is they're doing grows, I think, differently than other reality shows. And it's like mad. It's the, it's like the Broadway of cooking shows because it's not like gimmicky at all. Hot take. This is what we need to get our Twitter going so we can actually just get some of our spliced little takes down. Christian's hot take of the week. Top Chef is the Broadway of reality shows. I would people would be like, no, it's the way you're talking about. It sounds like you're saying it's more like the, the like Metropolitan Opera House. Like, yeah, it's classy. They're like they're doing the magic flute over it's, here. It's it's very classy, except for when it's like deliberately playing down, and those moments always work. Except in the old seasons where it's like a little more. But that's like the way that cooking has changed. It's a less. It's less of a limit. But was now. this last year specific season? So the last. So like, the last specific like, season like, was like, was a season that outdid all of these other seasons. Well, so this last. So this newest one was an all star season. So you knew everybody that was in it. All star seasons are the best in those things. And it was when you're and it was binging really, reality TV. And it was really like an amazing group of people, in terms of like. Are there people that you're like, fuck that guy, he's the villain? There's a couple people in this season that I was like, why the fuck are they here? And, but other people that you were like, yes, they've come to finally take who's their your, throne. Who's your uh, Top Chef girlfriend? My Top Chef girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Uh, Adrian. Just so I know not to fall in love with her <laughs> once I start watching Adrian it. in the Colorado season, I had a very big crush on. I've been... I've been so lonely watching Face Off that I developed a crush on one of the models. <laughs> the models aren't even like in in the show, sure. but after, but you're like that girl's been working for ten years on that thing. Yeah, good for her. Good for you, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Top Chef my number two, Mike. What is your? I have no idea what this is. What's your number one? My numero uno of 2020 is. Jeopardy. Oh, you cocksucker. That's a great answer. I kind of thought you might do that, too. Well, it's because I was looking at all these lists, and somebody was like, the, the GOAT was this year. 
You know? That's an incredible meal. We all. had the goat. We had this is Alex's, you know, wow. Bon Voyage. Wow. It did so, not occur to me. I think, the goat. and we've talked about Jeopardy more, like so much. Like, Alex is our first goat patch member. I don't know. It seemed it seemed like, oh, sure. That's I'll, a no-brainer I'll, answer. Yeah. Alex leads us yeah. in every night. Yep. Thanks, Uncle Alex. Triv- Uncle Trivia. Oh. So, you know, the one thing that didn't come up, but I kind of thought that we would talk about, and I think this maybe is something you forgot came out this year, is the circle. <sighs> That's remember that? Right. Do you remember that? That was when, that was my, that was my, um, uh, holidays last year, because that came out like on New Year's Day. Yeah. So everyone is sitting on their yeah, ass. Yeah, that like, at home. like literally came out on day one. That's oh right. Oh my god, the circles should definitely would definitely probably beat out. Uh, well, I have four reality shows here, so I would that would be my. It's pick. on the list. Yeah. 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 If we were doing our reality shows of the year, the circle was awesome. <laughs> the circle was. And they've also made like, like nine other versions. Like they do with those reality shows, like international. So there's like the Circle France. And oh, stuff for real? Like that. Yeah, and I haven't watched those because I don't want to. Dude, we should watch the thing. Circle France. Are you shitting me? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know if I trust the subtitles on those things sometimes, man. Because I'll watch. Because I'll watch shows with the subtitles on all the time, and they're often very wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, we're both big pro subtitle. I don't know if we've brought that up for a while. We are pro subtitle. But I'm also fine with, like, dubbing, too. If, or whatever you need to do to, like, get the fucking point across. Oh, I'd like to watch the French one. Like, I want to hear French people talk anyway. Yeah. That's uh, what I'm saying. Well. Well, that's our top fives of the year, though. I think there's, like, all great stuff there for people to look at. So, no, those are, all, those are all good shows. And I know there was a lot of other shit that came out this year. Yeah, there's loved. stuff that I didn't add in my honorable mention. The Boys was okay. They did another season of that. People really liked that. I would have, I probably would have included Mrs. America if I had finished it, but I didn't finish it, and you know. Neither of us finished it. And I didn't, I didn't watch like I May Destroy You. There's a bunch of shows I know that people really love. That I you know what I m- do miss this time of year right now is the Miss Maisel. You know, that show was really consistent. It's also hard to not... I don't think that we would have had a new succession season by now, but... No, they would have... They, they would be, I think, through their shooting right now, so... It would at least be on the horizon. Well, and that's one that will genuinely... We've talked about before. We didn't have... Like, I don't, neither of us had a show like that where it was like, this is the unanimous... I mean, they might be rewriting that entire third season, making COVID a plot point. Who For all we know. Knows. It's going to be interesting seeing all the shows and movies that are, like, con- going to come out that will be, like, you know, it'll be 2022, and you'll be like, oh, there's another twenty, another 2020 movie. That would be a real Another drag. COVID movie. People, I think, are going to hate that. People, are, they will definitely be doing that. It's gonna I be, think. That's going to be terrible. Yeah, because, like, <sighs> that sucks. Yeah, no one wants to see it. Yeah. They'll, they'll figure it out. They'll do it. They'll, like, they're putting a bunch of... I imagine right now a bunch of producers are investing in projects like that, and it'll take, like, a year and a half of fatigue before they're like, oh, people don't really like to be reminded of this awful <laughs> can, we, can we rewrite it? Then they're in the scene together? 
No, there's just going to be texting. But we're going to do that clever thing where you actually see what they're typing on the screen. <laughs> oh because that's how you make texting cinematic. Alright, I'll tell you, I, I have a theory on how to make texting actually cinematic. And I'll tell you when we're done. Wow. Well, that's something I get to know when you don't. Yeah, I'm not going to share that with these plebs. So, we'll be back... Maybe we'll cut one after Christmas and it'll probably come out around New Year's Day or something. Uh, we'll do we'll do movies. Yeah, our top five movies. I'll have, I'll do um, top ten. We'll we'll, po- we'll post our lists on on the Instagram. You guys can vote. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, we can go competition style. That'd be nice. Um, oh, I almost wish we'd done that for these. Should we do that with these? Yeah, we'll do that with these. And then people can be like, "You're wrong." Yeah. Cool. I love unsolicited, or I love solicited opinions. I don't like unsolicited opinions. Yeah, absolutely. I asked you. Yeah, you, you're you listening to the podcast. <laughs> Man, <laughs> come on. That's all right. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for listening, I guess. How do we usually sign off? You just play some music or yeah, something, Yeah, we usually right? don't. People are like, I guess I want to see what this crazy old man's gonna do this week. You know, He's gonna throw himself into a jet engine. I don't know. What? Doesn't he just do crazy shit in those movies all the time? Like strap himself. I haven't the side seen of a plane? an Mission Impossible movie for a while. I know. I remember the one where he like climbs the. It's like climbing the mountain at the beginning. It's like. I don't know. He always does like. It's like they that see, one they of the seem, older ones. Yeah, it was like. Way, way back in the day. He's been doing those for like 20 years. Well, they're shooting seven right now, which is what... But they just amp up like he does... They seem gimmicky. I have no idea. Like, like everyone, they'll be like, Tom Cruise can't be insured. Like, he wants to be like Jackie Chan, you know? Like, uninsurable. Church of Scientology will have his back. And, And Xenu, or whatever their leader is. That might be the bad guy. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Um... Like, he just ramps up, like, some, like, he, he, he was underwater for 20 minutes holding his breath for this one scene, <laughs> and you're like, you know, some Revenant kind of shit, or whatever, you're like, uh, is that really, like, acting? Like, he, he like, doesn't act, he's like, no stuntman will ever do anything, you know? And you're like, this man's, like, 60 years old. <laughs> Wasn't really why I brought him up at all, but I'm glad we got your take on it.